Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. This is episode 141. Hope you enjoy it. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. We're talking about love, y'all. <laughs> oh, I was really just making that sound because I was excited about a new mini series, but that's really funny how. <laughs> when my brother was younger, he used to say, Brown Chicken, Brown Cow. You know, I think there's a food truck in Dallas that's yeah. called Brown Chicken, Brown Cow. I think he got that off of a Cartoon Network throwback. It's gotta be like, yeah. Trademark somehow. But if you say that with some attitude, Brown chicken, brown cow. I mean, it's right there, people. It's the same thing. Uh, you guessed it, everybody. Well, the people asked and we, we delivered. So we, I guess however long ago, we polled the audience on what they wanted to hear about next. And the top two results were journaling and relationship personality things. So we're doing the book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Yes, and it's been around for a good amount of time, kind of an oldie but a goodie. I'll have to tell you, has it been like nine or ten years since we did this in mm-hmm. our like Bible study? Yep. And going through it again, I was like, it never said that the first time around. What is this? So it was definitely helpful going through it again. And I think a lot of it is we are in such a different place, my mm-hmm. husband and I, than where we were nine or ten years ago. For we're sure. talking about... You know, three kids and three house moves. Oh, yeah. So I think just like a lot of things, it's good to go back and revisit an old tool. I don't know that that, that's not meant to be a put down to the five love languages. All to say, it's a worldwide popular book. (laughs) Yeah. If if you've heard it or done it before, maybe this is your um, reminder to revisit it because there's still lots of value in the book. Before you turn off the episode for people who are Scrooges or don't have like, Enneagram, you know, like <laughs> don't have feelings, yeah, or if you're just not in that phase of life, Gary Chapman, he's the author, and he has written so many variations of this one book. So there's the one on teens, on singles, in the workplace, with children. I mean, there's so many variations of this one book that even if you are not in a relationship with another human, like an intimate relationship. These same principles can apply to like me and Farron yeah. or you and your coworker. So we also went through and read the love languages of children and the, what is it? It's not love languages. Words, it's the affirmation or appreciation languages in the workplace. So Yeah, because, you know, with all those sexual harassment courses you have to take <laughs> for <laughs> compliance, they yeah. cannot call it... Love languages in the workplace. Yeah, it's appreciation languages in the workplace. That makes sense. I would highly recommend if you are in one of those sub-pops of that, read that specific book. So even reading the workplace one, I was like, man, every leader 
or someone who's in charge of other people needs to read this book. And or if you have kids, there's one specific to teens. There's one. I mean, it gets specific. And he doesn't just write the children's book because he's a children's expert. He's not. He's a counselor. He partnered with different groups of people to write these specific books. So it's not that he's just like, oh, yeah, kids like whatever. He has partnered and teamed up with people to create these other resources. So we'll mention those here and here, you know, in a little bit. Yes, last time I checked, teens are pretty challenging. No one's quite figured them Mm. out yet. So any additional help (laughs) is great. Yes. And I like what you said, too, that, like, you might not be in a relationship or a marriage right now, but this is stuff I wish I would have known before. Yes. Before. And we're big believers in being lifelong learners, always Mm -hmm. room to grow. So if you're already like, my marriage is awesome. Well then Don't you what want if it to be better? Was more awesomer. awesomer. <laughs> Even more awesomer. Yes. So um, stick around. Plus we are gonna share a lot about our marriages, which I'm sure is gonna be entertaining. And not broken yeah. eyes marriage to each other. <laughs> Just but to be clear. in fact <laughs> our marriages to our husbands. Yes, don't tell them. Yes. Mm. But we so just like the Enneagram, love languages, it's a tool to use to improve whatever the target is, to improve relationships, to improve how you love others, to improve how you can show Jesus' love to other people. So just like the Enneagram, how it's going to help you get better, it's, it's not the end-all be-all, but good Lord, it is a helpful tool that can get you further. And very similarly, you're taking a look inside of yourself and doing what you can control and checking in with your spouse um, it comes up multiple times but it only takes one person to start trying and then hopefully it will reciprocate fancy way of saying come back around full circle but we'll dive a little deeper into that a little later yes so we just today in this episode we're going to talk about just the first three chapters we're not going to get into the love languages yet we'll do that next week starting with the first one but we would just kind of want to set the tone for what this is going to be like. I feel like you should have romantic music playing on the intro or something. Okay, I'll just I'll just sing for everybody. Watch out. Next episode. Come back for the next episode. I'll sing one that fits whatever type of language, love oh language it is. Oh my goodness. Look out. So one way that he starts the book is he talks about the topic of falling in love. So we're going to cover the first three chapters. Um, but we felt like, let's start with the falling in love piece. And so he identifies that that is a real experience, right? You you feel those emotions and like, how could we ever hate each other? Yeah. Like the perfect, the time in the relationship where everyone around you is like sick of y'all and puppy love and the honeymoon. <laughs> and, you know, some people do like to rain on that parade and it's probably because they're on the other side of that. <laughs> but y'all let them have their moment. Let them have their moment. Yes. The late psychologist Dr. Dorothy Tinov conducted a long-range study on how the in-love phenomenon works, and after studying hundreds of couples, she concluded that the average lifespan of a romantic obsession is only two years. Yeah, so I used to, like... (laughs) Less for some. (laughs) There are some people that, that meet and get married in a short amount of time, and so I was always leery of that because in my serious middle school and high school relationships which y'all at the time it is that's like the most serious thing you've experienced so it is serious for you um so I'm not down dogging that cause but I would remember being like okay I feel like it's serious after about a year 
after about a year, things kind of, the touchy-feely butterfly feelings start to fade, and we get down to, like, the nitty-gritty, the real mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so apparently I was off by a year, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know everything, Farron. Yeah, about, about two years. And so at the root of this is this misconception that that in-love feeling is supposed to last notebook style the notebook right, style right, right. right like die in the same bed it's the reason that was a fictional book everyone till you're like 98 yes so night, that never happens <laughs> i think normalizing that's a really big deal i think there it's going to come up in this book a lot too that whole falling out of love or just not loving someone anymore mm-hmm. and people chasing that beginning of relationship feeling but if you normalize that that's typical and what to do when you've hit that spot then I think more people could revive their marriages and bring it back yeah in the in the this chapter specifically the falling in love chapter he talks about some couples believe that once the in love experience is done you either break it off or like well this is this is what my life is going to be forever but there's a third option and it doesn't have to be that way and you can just pursue the like the act of love not just the feeling of love I think I liked it too. I don't know if it was in chapter three, but it was in the beginning where he's talking about like real love. Yes. So real love is after those feelings are gone, actively choosing to love each other. Um, especially, man, guys, there's there's been seasons um, when we were going through miscarriage. Like I just remember being like, I'm so glad Jacob's my teammate through this. Yes. Um, I loved him as a college student. And he loved me. I don't know why, but uh, you I know, can name multiple reasons why oh, you're so lovable. Thanks. But in those times, I just I loved him more because of how he showed up when things were hard. Mm-hmm. So, um, and those are when I, if I were to go and cite evidence of love, those are the incident incidents 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 people some words are hard those are the ones that i would cite as like if someone said how do you know jacob loves you it's it's not the flowers or the christmas presents when we were first dating it's the how he shows up in the hard times and so that's just an example of what the author refers to Mm -hmm. as like you know real love yeah and we'll talk about how to find your love language and if you buy the book even the audio book it gives you the quiz in the back of the book or it's attached as a pdf document if you're on audible you can just look at the very top right above chapter one is the pdf and you can take the quiz but like all quizzes it can narrow down and get you close to what you might be but you are going to have to look inside to figure out what it is like when people take an enneagram quiz and they're like oh i'm a Two wing seven. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> so that might mean you scored really high for a two and really high for a seven, but then you have to dive in and figure out your motivators behind why you do things, and that's how you figure out what's going on there. Same thing with love languages. If you take the quiz in the back and you are tied in certain areas, like, oh, well, I like words of affirmation and physical touch, then you there's a process that we'll talk about to figure out which one is your actual dominant love language yes so as brooke said earlier people feel like they have three choices when they fall out of love so to speak and that's either in the marriage suck it up and just be miserable the rest of their lives or the third option of course is finding your love language and what's important about that is kind of like what we talked about with enneagram the whole golden rule right Mm -hmm. treat others the way you want to be treated but 
not everyone wants to be treated the way I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's the same with the love languages. So find, like Brooke said, it's important to know what your love language is and then also um, your spouse's love language or your, you know. Coworker, friend, yes. kid. Yes. Be- Name any other person you have a relationship with. Because they, they could grow up or time could pass and they could look back and be like, I don't even know if you love me. And you're over here like, what? I'm killing myself <laughs> to show you how much I love you. <laughs> and he uses that analogy throughout the whole book of like, what if, you know, I spoke Mandarin and Brooks spoke Russian and we're trying to have a conversation. If I don't, if we don't know each other's languages, the communication isn't going to be there. We're going to have to rely on other oh other ways to figure it out. Goodness, it's not going to be effective. Yeah, which... but if I took a dang Mandarin course, even just intro, I could be like, what's up, Baron? Are you having a good day? And eventually we'd become fluent in yeah, each other's languages. Only know Ni Hao, but that's it. No, nope, not even going right, to try it. Cool. Offend somebody. So. And I just know Privyet in Russian. Yeah. So, uh, good luck, everyone. <laughs> so, Yes. The idea of love languages is um, kind of that same golden rule thing. You can't mm-hmm. just assume that, well, I'm treating him how I want to be treated. Why isn't that reciprocal? That's my big mm-hmm. word. Look at you, girl. Incident. There I go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the extra S, incidents. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, just so, only use it singularly. <laughs> yeah. If you want it to truly be effective, which around here we like, practical steps we want to be super effective and use our time wisely and love each other well so Mm -hmm. you need to know your language so you can tell your partner how to love you but you need to learn theirs as well in the book it also says it's going this is going to require a couple of things for sure it's going to require effort and for sure it's going to require discipline because sure you could show them the love languages for one day but what if i mean wouldn't you want that every day right so you've got to put in the effort Stick to it, and that's when you're going to see the results over time. Good thing we just did a series on habits. That's what I was going to say. Weird. (laughs) And he's good, too, at the end of each chapter of providing suggestions. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people have told him before, well, that just doesn't come naturally to me. And his response is, so? (laughs) Walking wasn't natural either, but look at you now. Yes, I am working out at this age does not come naturally to me binging netflix total natural i mean if that was a competitive sport sign me a pro athlete pro netflix are here um but what we talked about habits is choosing something and implementing it baby steps right just one thing at a time not implementing it all at once so if you haven't checked out the atomic habit series um, because I, I do look at these as habits, loving mm-hmm. somebody yeah. well. And so there's lots of suggestions on how to implement these different practices in this book. But if you need to take it a step further, Atomic Habits, episodes 103 through 111. Look at you. Um, Brooke pulled it up. So for those of you playing <laughs> along at home, I can't recall episodes. But uh, I'm setting yes. you up for success, girl. I got you. See, she speaks my pro, language. Pro, pro. <laughs> Uh, so that is one of the chapters is about falling in love. But then you ever get in a marriage and go, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> just you. No, oh, just... man. So the big question is, well, what happens after the wedding? Is my experience common? Is, are we fighting more than we have ever fought before? Well, has it been about two years? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Remember, there's an average. It's average two years. So you might be 
on the low end or the high end. So just wiggle room there. Has it been about two years since y'all have known each other or have been actively dating? There you go. Did you remember Farron? At Austin College, there was there's a point in our, like our track for psychology because we both have psychology in our degrees built in there somehow. And one of the classes you could either take was death and dying or you could take the relationships class. Yeah. And it was known. So by the time, you know, you have upperclassmen telling you like, hey, this class or this professor or whatever. And they were like, are you dating someone right now? And we're both like, yeah, don't take the relationships class. Well, why? We need to take death and dying? <laughs> And they're like, no, well, just almost always the couples break up after they take that class. I'm like, well, crap, okay. <laughs> We're <know>. not <laughs> saying that this is going to cause your marriage to end by any means, but I think it just is enlightening. So, like, what's not working and what can work. But, yeah. I think we people just, realized they didn't want to put in the effort yes, with those people. <laughs> honestly, yeah. That, that's it. But needless to say, we chose death and dying, and, uh, you know, me and Jacob made it out of hey, college together. Grief, man. <laughs> hey, that's something everyone's got to face, too. That's what how I go through finals. Like, <laughs> stages of grief. Like, <laughs> it's a beast. Anyway, so again, what happens to the love after the wedding? And then the truth is, that's missing is that you just have to keep pouring into your spouse or the person you're wanting to continue the relationship with. You have to, you can't, when your kid hits age two, just be like, well, all right, kid, you should feel loved enough for the rest of your life, right? Mm. It's not how that works. Mm-mm. Not at all. So we are going to spend the rest of this series telling you how to fill each other's loves, love tanks um, in the most effective way possible. Because it does. It does take effort. But if you're going to put forth the effort, don't you want to know how to get the most bang for your right. buck? Well, another plot twist. Just because your love language is the same as another person's love language doesn't mean you speak the same dialect, which mm. is the, the verbiage he uses or the words he uses. So think about if you are American. I got an example. Okay, go for I'm it. I'm interrupting. Yeah, tell me. Okay, do you, do you ever watch the uh, Alligator Hunter show on History Channel? You mean Steve Irwin? No. They like hunt gators. We're not talking about Steve Irwin? No. No. My people out there know me. But <laughs> so these guys are out in the bayou and they're hunting alligators and they yes, put the okay, captions yes, on okay. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the girls saw that one day and they were like, How do you know what he's saying? And it's just a different they're speaking English, mm-hmm. but it's a different dialect. Just like people in Boston probably think we're ridiculous. Yes. Or Minnesota or Yeah. What's another one? England and America. Yeah. We're saying the same thing, but a cookie is not a biscuit and a chip is a crisp or, yeah. Yeah. Shrimp on a Barbie. I'm picturing, you know, some coconut shrimp on Barbie and Ken. I don't know. It's shrimp. Really just a barbecue. On a Barbie. In Australia. Yeah. Someone out there <laughs> is making fun of us. We're all, we're all speaking the same language, but we just don't know what each other are saying. So just because your physical touch, that doesn't always mean sex or that doesn't always mean holding hands in public. It could mean so many different things, and that's what we're going to dive in with each language. Yeah. Ooh. All right, I'm ready. Okay, are you ready for our results reveal? So Farron and I, remember, 10 years ago, we did this. Mm-hmm. We took the quiz, we found out our love languages, mm-hmm. and we did it again 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what yours were? Don't say it yet. <laughs> we're going to try to guess each other's. <laughs> but do you, were they, like, similar? Yeah. My little background on taking personality tests is... Uh, the first one that I remember taking out of college, because I feel like in high school, you, ch- I don't know, 
First one I took, even the one in high school. I always score similarly across the board, but this was the first time that at the premarital counseling mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. they it was a room full of people, and they said, if you scored averagely on about all the same, you probably need to uh, meet with a therapist because you might have some identity issues. Wow, that's quite a blanket statement. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, let me just sink into my chair. But then I learn I'm an Enneagram 9. Exactly. And so I can see the good and bad in all of it. Farron, you took, you took the words right out of my mouth. If I had to guess your love languages, I would say you scored exactly even on all of them. But. Except one. Okay, so you were, <laughs> there was one that was higher? There was one that was okay. a zero. Okay, the one that was a zero. Acts of service. No way. I gotta have Jacob and you and Star. I can't do this by myself. Uh, gifts? Yeah. That was yours. You got no no points at all for gifts. Yeah. And as I was taking it, I was like, is it because, like, does he get me bad gifts? Is it because he doesn't give me gifts Just often? Or but it means in general, like, your if your mom gets you a gift. I think there's expectation. I'm one of those people that, like, if you get me something, I do struggle with the, like, and then what do you want me to do for you? Oh, yeah. Or so are you, you going to tell me how expensive it was so that way I maybe I didn't react the way you wanted and so you want to reiterate uh, how good you did because it's this much. There's something always tied to it, and I know that mm-hmm. might probably isn't right <laughs> no I think <laughs> that's I think I it speaks with. into your nineness as well which I think it's going to be really cool now that we have the Enneagram background going into the love languages I was at an Enneagram conference at one point and and a person who was speaking they were asked well what love language do you think like do you think they align and they mentioned that Enneagram ones were all acts of service I said mm-mm <laughs> <laughs> So I think it just really depends on back to the subtypes, how we had our second Enneagram miniseries, episode 70, it ends on 77, let me see, episode 65 through 77, we bring on Callie Ammons, and she talks about Enneagram subtypes, which definitely explains why Morgan is the way he is, or why I am the way I am, or anyone is the way they are. Look at that. Yeah. Okay, Farron, so you got... You got even on words of affirmation, quality, time, acts of service, and there physical was touch. One that was a smidge higher. Is it acts of service? No. Oh my gosh! Do I even know you? It's all good. It's what all is good. it? It's not physical touch. It's is quality it? time. Okay. It's quality time. Yes. Oh. Because and I think again it kind of goes back to the life phase, right? Like yeah. right now with three kids, two in sports, one who just thinks the world revolves around her. It is hard to find quality time. Uh-huh. So, so anytime you can get the five minutes, ten minutes, yeah. couch date, yeah, it's valuable. That's very good information to know. But so. then the other three, exact same score. Wow. What a nine. I know. Blanket I statement. Know. <laughs> so that just means give you all the types of love. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, this will be fun, Farron. <laughs> What's uh, mine? <laughs> how about... Do you want me to give you like a... Okay, out of all these questions, what is it? There's 30 questions, so 30, 30 points to be distributed across yeah. five languages. Mm-hmm. Math people, that's boom, boom, boom. So, do you want me to give you a hint on, like, what how was the numbers the kind spread? Of? Yeah, like, did you score kind of evenly or significantly? Yes. My top two are the same amount of points, and they're significantly higher than 
third place, which was higher than fourth, which is way higher than fifth place. I feel like one of those <laughs> has to be quality time. Ding, 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 Yes. Ding. So quality time. Okay. And this is hard for me, but I'm going to go with words of affirmation. No, but I can see why you said you that. You don't take it well. <laughs> you're not you're not good at receiving compliments. And so that's why I was like, but maybe that's because maybe uh, I she have, really want some. Maybe I have the gifting of it, not so much the receiving of it. Okay. Which we'll get into that on why you might be good at giving a certain love language. Physical touch? Oh yeah, baby touch me. Okay, see that's I was like <sighs> Yes. So my two highest were quality time, physical touch, same exact score, which did not surprise me, nor did it change from when I took it. Back in the day. So there's that. Very nice. Like, even right now, I really want to put my knee on your knee, and they're almost touching. See? You're touching my shoulder right now, <laughs> and I feel more loved. <laughs> and we're spending time together. Mm. Okay, so... Physical like. touch, quality time, words of affirmation was third place with five points. So it was 10, 10, 5. Drop off. But now there's two up in the air. What's it going to be, Farron? What's fourth place? Fourth or place. Or fifth place. Hmm. feel about receiving gifts because I'm not good at giving gifts so <laughs> I don't know I don't know if you like gifts but if you do I'm screwed out of 30 points available gifts only got three okay thank god that's Which why means, we're still friends <laughs> which means acts of service got one <laughs> so yeah all that to say not so much on the acts of service but I think too like maybe if it comes down to acts of service or quality time you would forego Oh, Someone, like if yeah. my top two, I would forego one. Yeah, like he, yeah. you might know that the yard needs mowed, but if oh, yeah, Morgan's yeah. like, well, I can mow the yard or we can go on a day date. Mm, day date. Yeah. Every time. Because the way they pair some of the questions, yeah, it kind of sets you up for like, if you had this or this, which would win? Right. And some of them are very hard. Yes, because that's how you know, like, oh, those are probably pretty close together. So you'd be happy with either of those. So yeah, fun times. That is how the five love languages work for now. So we're going to dive in next week about the first love language we're discussing. Can't wait. Dun, dun, dun. Brown, brown cow. Oh, yeah. Let's do more happier music. <laughs> not like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm sure people feel both ways. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Come back next week, and uh, we'll see how you feel after that. Bye. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes. 